everyone, I'm Larissa Russell of Creative You, and I'm your host of the Creative Soul Healing Podcast. Here's where we talk about the connection between creativity and healing by interviewing amazing creatives, spectacular healers, and inspiring people who have used creativity in their healing. What does it mean to be creative? What is creativity? You don't have to write a best-selling book or paint a masterpiece or even play in a rock band. Creativity is in everything that we do, in the ways we think, in the way we run a business, in our everyday lives, we are creative all the time. Let's talk about how we are creative and how creativity helps us heal mentally, physically, and emotionally, right now on the Creative Soul Healing Podcast. Hi, everyone. Larissa Russell from Creative You Healing, and welcome to the Creative Soul Healing Podcast. Today, I have with me Lena Dolter. Lena is a feminine embodiment and feminine energy guide, intuitive healer, and women's wellness coach. She serves busy professional women who are stuck in a cycle of stress and overwhelm and helps them shift from overdoing, overthinking, and overcommitting and get reconnected with their body so they can feel calm and centered and have more time, space, and freedom on their calendar and in their life. So welcome, Lena. Hi. Thanks for having me. I'm, I'm excited to have you. I feel like I say that every time with my guests because I love talking to my guests, but um feminine embodiment and feminine energy and oh I just I love this so yeah can you tell us a little bit about your story and how you ended up doing what you do sure I will do my very best I always feel like the story question takes me way far back and then I end up telling like decades of my story (laughs) so you know I think my story I'll start with this I was a chubby kid and I learned really early how important looks uh, are and um really became and uh, was not a friend to myself for many years, uh, was a foe, from, foe of my body, was ashamed of my body, didn't know how to live or love my body. And as I grew up and worked in the world and like all the other stories that I were inherited about money from my family and how to take care of myself and being the oldest of four, and then living in a society that celebrates productivity and results, um, you know, I just kept growing farther and farther away from the heart of myself, the womb of, the womb of myself, my body. And it wasn't until I probably was in my mid thirties where I was working with a love coach and I knew that something was just off at a certain time of the month. I always was connected. And I think for women that are listening who are actively menstruating, or even if you're not, you might remember when like the time before your period, you just feel different, right? Highly agitated, much more frustrated than normal, maybe even more overwhelmed than normal. And, you know, we accept it as being normal and we push through with all these things. And I had said something to my coach at the time about, she had asked me like, I don't know, to do something, but I inherently knew that whatever she was asking me to do just didn't feel right at the time. It doesn't, didn't mean that I wasn't going to do it. didn't mean that I wasn't taking it in. It just felt like it wasn't the right time. And she said to me, but I didn't really know why. She said to me, you can't use your period as an excuse. And I was like, damn it. Like, am I? So that like, just like put me into this place of this, this really like a deeper self inquiry. I'd always been kind of an in, in self-inquiry person, but deeper into the self-inquiry of, am I using this as an excuse or is there something that I have identified that I just don't know what it is? And it turned out to be the latter. And so I went on this exploration of like, 
really understanding what it means to have a cycle and whether you have a period or not, like we can go into that if that feels natural for us, but we don't have to. And just, you know, that's just part of my story. And so I landed here in this place that now, um, because all of that, like what I shared before and that overwhelm and how I help women now is really pulling out, like pulling back from what we've been pulled into as far as society goes, you know, like the doing and the going and the, for others, like everybody is above us. Everybody gets our time before us. And it just is what I've learned in my own life. And what I see with women that I work with and just in society in general is that it just, um, it just uh, continues to perpetuate the disconnection that we have with the heart and soul of ourselves. So that's a little of my story. No, I, <clears throat> excuse me. I absolutely love that because as someone who's going through perimenopause right now, it's the first time that I've really connected with how much my cycle affects my life, uh, right? Because as a younger person you, where you have a lot more energy, you do, you just push through, you push through the pain, you push through the exhaustion, you push through whatever's happening because it's not an acceptable excuse in the world, right? And as, as someone now who um, is a little bit older, a little bit wiser, I recognize that I have to limit certain things at certain times. And unfortunately, I don't have a regular cycle, so mm-hmm. I don't know when that is. Mm-hmm. But it's like, okay, I just have to be kind to myself right now because yeah. my body's going through a lot. And, you know, yeah, your body goes through a lot as you as you uh, go through your cycle. So, uh, yeah, I just, I love that. I love that. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Your body goes through a lot, no matter what. It's just, it's amazing. And I want women to know that it's not an, ex- we, we, like, we see our bodies as an excuse. It's been kind of like posed as a scapegoat for all these things. And it's not an excuse. It's literally our, it's literally our compass. That's how I look at our body and everything that happens in it. Yeah. And I did hear someone speak one time saying that at certain times in your cycle, you are more energized, more, um, and, and I thought, oh, I really should pay more attention to that. And I, I haven't. So maybe. maybe Yes, that is true. And that's the, not, not to go off tangent here, but yeah, that's where I find most women get like, that's why we get overwhelmed because we get those higher energy times of our cycle. It is the most accepted energy, right? It's what society, like we can get a lot done. So we like feel really good and all these things. And then when we transition into a different season, whether you're perimenopausal or menopausal or bleeding, um, we butt up against the shift of our energy, but our mind and our conditioning and our body is, um, you know, the conditioning forces us to try to push through this inherent inward change. And Um, it doesn't mean we don't, it doesn't mean we stop doing things. It just means we approach it in a different way. And it's a conversation I love having. So if anyone wants to have it with me sometime. Yeah. It brings up an interesting comment. I don't usually go on such a tangent, but um, this brings up an interesting thing I was talking to. I'm waiting for uh, an iron infusion. I have iron issues due to Mm -hmm. perimenopause. Mm -hmm. And I was talking to the intake nurse and I said, you know what? I, I think I'm starting to feel better. And she said, no, you're not because I haven't had the infusion yet. And she said, you're a woman and you just do what you need to do and you pretend like it's all okay. And I was like, oh, yeah. So I had to really sit with that for a moment and go, you know what? I think she's right. 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, to myself. Yeah. A hundred percent. And that's like the heart of the work that I do. Like, yeah. Cause we all go, we all pretend it's okay. And when really it's not, and it doesn't mean there's anything wrong with us. And I think that's the, the thing that, you know, I want to bring healing around. It's like, you don't, there's a, and there also doesn't need to be a reason for you to need rest, right? It doesn't need a reason for you to take time off. It doesn't need a reason. Like we need to, I'm an advocate for women choosing themselves first. And I'm sure we'll get to all of that, but yeah. Yes. Well, let's move on then. (laughs) Exciting. What does healing with creativity mean to you? I love that question. Um, Healing with creativity. You know, I feel like women have lost touch with their creativity. And, um, and for me, healing through creativity means healing through getting in touch with our body. Like I talk with women who don't even know what play is. Like they literally like had a conversation with one of my group clients a couple of weeks ago. And I asked her like, what does play mean to you? And she's, she was stuck and she's like, I don't even know how to play. And I'm sure that if you're listening now or listening later, like you might, I mean, I'd be curious if you would get comments like to be like to that would be like, I don't, I don't know either. Right. We have forgotten how to play. We have not allowed ourselves permission to explore creativity. And I feel like that's a large part of why we are like women are struggling in overwhelm and overthinking and overdoing because because we have lost access to this creativity and creativity and healing through creativity means for me, healing through connecting with our body. Our body is a creative vessel. Our womb is a creative vessel. Our light comes through our body. All of these ways in which we can access the energy of our body, our living form is how I see we can use creativity for healing. First, we have to access, first you have to know what it means to you right? To, to be creative and what makes you happy and creativity. Right. And I, I think that's an important point. And I say it often that creativity is in everything we do, but when we can create intentionally, we can exponentially heal ourselves. Right. So, yeah. So what inspires you in the work that you do? You know, what inspires me in the work that I do, I feel like it grows every day, my inspiration. Um, but I'm really inspired and maybe inspired is not the word I'm feeling today, but I'm feeling, I feel passionate about the work that I do because I see so many women and I still have parts of myself that I recognize as well, but I see so many women struggling under the burden of who they think they need to be based on what society tells them based on what they learned through their family upbringing, based on the job that they have or the role that they've given themselves or that's been put upon them. And they have lost themselves. And I'm passionate about and inspired by, I'm passionate about helping women break free from that burden And I feel like what inspires me is that we don't like, you don't have to have either or we, you know, it's not either, or it's a both end situation that we are, that we live in. And we, 
my passion and inspiration comes from teaching you, guiding you to find that within yourself, how to be the, the woman that you are outside of any role that you hold and hold that space for you to be while you are a, while living in the world, while going to your job, but having that be like, like an embodiment, right? Like you, when we, I am inspired by helping women drop in and truly embody the, who they are, the soul and the heart of who they are so that they aren't living in fragmented lives and they aren't burdened by the things that are on their to-do list. They know how to move through things with a lot more grace and flow. And that's what inspires me. Yeah, I, I can totally understand that because, um, you know, most women do get bogged down in the day-to-day and, and it's that, you know, don't be a weak woman and, you know, do all of these things that we're told in our culture that um, you can't have it all. Or if you do, if you want it all, you have to work 10 times harder for it. Right? Yeah. 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 And, or you have to do it all. Right. Yeah. So like, you know, it's a very, um, you know, the image that's coming through me is kind of like this ladder, right? It's like, we're climbing up. And as we climb up, things are kind of like in the way that come down upon us that we need to, you know, push away, um, or move out of the way work, uh, heal through. And that's, and that's, um, it can sound daunting, but when we, you know, my work and my, like my work is really just to support you in accessing that, right. It doesn't have to be hard. It's just learning a new way of being in your life. And that, that is what allows you to be in the both hands. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I love that. So many people believe that monetizing healing, so charging for your healing work or charging for creative works um, undermines the healing or creativity, right? Um, what are your thoughts on monetizing create, uh, creative or healing? Yeah, I think that's such a great question. And I don't know if I have a, my answer is going to be very in the moment. <laughs> so I feel like there is um I feel like any work that anyone does work that brings a result or, or some sort of tangible result to another, whether it is, um, yeah, anything that you put your energy into and giving in service of another, I do believe that monetizing your work is important to val to, to validate your work. And let me say it this way as well. Hmm. Because I see both sides, right? I see both sides. And so it's like, what? Um, however, I do feel like on the other side, like not monetizing and just doing everything for free and in the service of good. Um, I don't believe that receiving income for work that you do that is good and beneficial undermines the work that you do. In fact, I believe strongly that if you have work that you put out into the world that creates great healing, that you monetizing that is an honor of your work and celebration. And it also helps others to come forth and put themselves out there. I don't believe that we need to martyr ourselves in any way, whether it's in your work or any other, other capacity. Um, 
And I, I feel like in the healing world, and it, depending on if it's healing and, and or spirituality work, there can be some bypassing stuff, I think, that can get interwoven in that. And um, my beliefs are really strong that, listen, like if this is, you you can do, be as good and get paid. And then you can also take part of your work and devote it to service that is unpaid and nonprofit. You know, there are ways to be both and. Yeah, I love that answer. I love that answer. So what would you say then that you're the proudest of in your life? I always feel like that's a really hard question. <laughs> and when I'm being interviewed like this or like for something else, you know, when I feel into that question, it could be like one thing. It could be like buying my house or moving multiple times. But when I think of the things that I've done, it all boils down to I'm most proud of my courage. And that kind of makes me want to cry a little like just um I'm proud of the, the actions I take in service to myself and doesn't mean they're not scary but I'm proud of the choices that I make and doesn't mean they're always right but I'm proud of that I'm very proud of that I love that answer I love that answer I wish wish more women would step into that and be proud of their courage and and what they've and their decisions and what they've done. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Thank you. So if you could change one aspect of our society through the work you do, what would that be? Mm, I love this. So I'll share a little story. So I went to church this morning, a um, little background. I'm Catholic, was raised Catholic. I don't know if anyone resonates with that or not, or we'll just, it's just part of the story. And recently maybe not so recently, but I'm well, recently I've been kind of diving more into like, the part of Catholicism or any religion that we haven't been taught. And for me, what that means is looking at the feminine aspects of what's missing in what fourth century, uh, you know, humans created as the church, right. As an institution. Um, and so I like the other day I read the full gospel of Philip and it's beautiful if you are a religious person or even if you're not and you're into like it's all about love and embodying embodying love it's a they call it an acropolitic I think I might be saying the word wrong but under it's a it's hidden it's a hidden gospel so gospel of Philip gospel of Thomas and gospel of Mary Magdalene are all considered hidden um, they're not represented in modern day New Testament. They aren't considered part of what the church created as gospel, but they create, they, they embody the, what the early Christians um, came, were teaching, were, 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 were spreading the good word and the good word of love, inherent love, the love that's within us, which is what is reflected back in, in God, right? However that, or universe, however you might identify with that. And so as I kind of walk down this road a little bit deeper in a different way, it's showing me what I've kind of seen all along in society, which is just this undercurrent of the devaluing of women, the undercurrent of women not holding uh, or not being honored in holding authority, um, you know, men being above. Just full disclosure, this is not to say that I am anti-men. I love men. I think men are fantastic. This is more like the patriarch, right? The system that has been created. And in the system, you know, the male and the, and the masculine and most 
definitely the wounded masculine traits of results driven forcing those act those qualities are celebrated and revered whereas the healthy feminine of flow and love and compassion and kindness are seen as more you know quote weak you know whether that's in a man or a woman and so with the work that i do if i could change one thing it would be to bring a bring more um bring more equilibrium and equanimity to the harmony of feminine and masculine. Because these energies live inside all of us, regardless of what gender we are, or what gender we identify with. And I believe that the feminine is part of the, the deep healing of ourselves and the healing of this nation and the world. I don't know that we'll see the greatest healing of all in our lifetime, but I hope to be a part of it. And I hope with the women that I get to support in their journey into their healthy feminine and harmonizing inside of themselves elevates that in all of us. Mm-hmm. I love that. That's beautiful. The, I, I would love to see that too. So keep working at it so that we can get there. <laughs> Thank you. So imposter syndrome. Oh um, yeah. Most people I talk to have <laughs> struggled with imposter syndrome at some point and have you and if so how do you get through it yeah I mean listen I feel like I just had imposter syndrome yesterday <laughs> or today like, I feel like it's you know I like to call it the inner critic I know it's like kind of synonymous synonymous um yes I experience imposter syndrome and for me the way that I identify with that I think is maybe a little different than other people. It's really just an inner cry from an, a part of ourself that's wounded, right? And it's that's part of the healing work that I do with my clients because imposter syndrome isn't necessarily a bad thing, but we, we identify it with like, oh, I can't, this is not how I should be thinking or this is bad, right? We label these things and we try to get over it but it's really kind of an alarm system. It's a signal from our body. It's a signal from whatever experience we're having that something's off. And so, yes, I have imposter syndrome. And how I move through that is really listening and hearing, right? It's like a first, first step is always acknowledging. Okay, you know, this is a process I take my clients through and it's something that I've refined over the years in my journey through it. You know, at first it was never listening to it. it was like, can't have that, right? Like pushing it away and like what she talked about earlier, pushing through. Um, it's really like, okay, let me open up and, and hear what this this voice is trying to tell me. Is it is it real? Meaning like, is it something, is it, is it just old programming? Is it just an old thing that I'm used to, you know, hearing in this experience? Or is it a part of me that's like living in another experience in this present time that I need to kind of dive in and have a conversation with and bring some nurturing to so that I can really, you know, hear that part of me and love that part of me and then move, move on like give her what she needs and reestablish my inner harmony so that I'm connected with, you know, my real, my, my, myself, my, the, you know, the core of ourselves. doesn't mean these parts aren't, aren't, re, you know, parts of us, but just like the home, you know, kind of like the secure, safe, stable voice. Right. And I mean, every, I believe everybody struggles with imposter syndrome syndrome at some point, right? Uh-huh. Or that inner critic. It's because part of us. 
it's part of us. Yeah. And, and I would hope that we would question sometimes our ideas and thoughts, right? That we would go, is this a good idea? You yeah. know, let's question that. So. <laughs> yeah. Is this a time for reflection, right? It's mm-hmm. not a time for ignoring or pushing away. Um, I, and I agree with you. I don't know anyone who doesn't have an inner voice. I mean, you, it's just, we have an ego. We have an ego and we have multiple parts of ourselves. It is absolutely normal to have an inner critic. It just is. It's how, we, it's how we relate to it and what we, you know, what our relationship is to that, that is, that makes or breaks what's going on in our lives, right? Like how we communicate with ourselves and others, for sure. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So true. So do you have an inspirational quote or a motto that you live by or that you, maybe this week is your thing? <laughs> yeah, I love it. I have a couple. So one is that this is a friend of mine that had shared, I'm going to try to remember it because he shared it the other day and I was like, that's so good. He's like, and it might mock it up, but you'll get the gist. The first one is like nothing in reality is, is, is nothing in reality is as bad as what we make it out in our heads. Something along those lines. It's, this is not, this is not verbatim, <laughs> but you know, that, that's one of them. And then the other is a quote from one of the lyrics in, or one of this, the, yeah, uh, lines in the gospel of Philip, which is, um, all exists through love. And that's part of a bigger quote that says, um, love refuses nothing and takes nothing. It is the highest and vastest freedom. All exists through love. And so like, though that like, I, I love all of those lines and I just, pick one that just feels like I can just marinate in it a little bit. Um, Mm -hmm. And, and I feel like it's a really lovely reminder that love really is who we all are. And um, yeah, when we can anchor into that, what a difference. Yeah. Yeah. I was having that conversation just recently actually about you know, coming from a place of love. And I mean, we talk about it a lot in Mm -hmm. my, you know, with my clients, but um, we were talking about coming from a place of love and how ego gets in the way of that, right? And and starting to look at the pieces of what's ego and what if you actually felt into the love instead of letting ego be there. It was a very interesting conversation. So I love that. I love that. May I add to that? Because I feel like what you said is like gold. So I'm what I've learned through the study of Mary Magdalene, and I'm no expert yet, but I just am opening myself up to receive more of what these teachings have to say. And you nailed it on the ego, right? It's like the way they describe it in the gospel of Mary Magdalene um, is like the seven deaths, the seven, the seven, um, they call them the seven powers that's what they call them and and the seven power like judgment for one you know things we experience as humans right judgment worry those are the big ones and you know when when judgment comes in just like you were saying like okay am i going to let judgment take over or can how can i how can i rise above this judgment this egoic thought whatever it is and let love um you know kind of spread through 
it doesn't mean we, I think what's really important to share um, is that we are meant to have these egoic thoughts. We are human and we are divine and we will never be without, we are, it's just, we're, that's what we are. And so having an egoic thought or a judgment thought or a worried thought isn't a bad thing. It doesn't make you a bad person. It's just what you said, Larissa, like, note, like, am I going to let this thought be what dictates my reaction or will I be, can I come into my body, my heart and let love be how I respond. And so I just really am grateful Mm -hmm. that you shared that. Thanks for letting me expand. Yes. Yeah. And that's exactly it, right? If we can come from that place of love, then we can recognize there's more than what's our immediate reaction is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's all in the moment, right? (laughs) It's learning how to be in that moment. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I see you have a free gift here. uh, The women in flow quiz. Quiz. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I love this little quiz. Yeah. Can we talk about it? Yeah. Okay. Cool. Tell us about it. So the Women in Flow quiz I created um, to support women and really just tapping into the energy in themselves. So whether you're perimenopausal or not, um, this it, it's gonna help. It's going to help you see um, where you can use the specific times of the month where you are energetically to really support you and what you need and what you want. And so it's a fun little quiz that'll take you through some questions that help you see where you need and you'll get the results immediately and um, be able to really connect with what, what, what your body's telling you. And I love it when I hear from people about the results, because I often hear from women and they're like, Oh my God, this was totally spot on. Like, this is, this is exactly it. So if you happen to take it, please PM me or DM me. Like you'll be on my email list. If you take it, if you choose to stay on there, you can reply to the results and just let me know that it resonated for you. And I'd be happy to give you a personalized way to start to, to to get into even more depth of what it looks like for you to begin embodying what your body's telling you you need. I love that. Well, we'll make sure the link is there. Yeah. And I want to thank you so much for being here today. I'm so grateful. Thank you. Is there any final thoughts before we go that we maybe haven't shared yet? I cannot think of one. I just am really grateful to have this time and I call forth the women who feel connected to the conversation we have to, you know, if there's something in here that sparked your soul or heart and you know that you need support to work through it or to rise above it, call upon Larissa or myself or any other mentor that you, you know, know or have seen in your life and, and really allow yourself, give yourself permission to receive support. Um, you know, it sounds like Larissa and I do similar work. Like my mission with the work that I do is to guide you into you so that you know, right. You turn back into you and be the guide that you already are. And that's what I call you to. So, yeah. Yeah. And, and I love that even just the idea of it doesn't have to be us, right. It, it can be you, me or anyone who can help you through what you're going through. And, and, and that's a message that I like to embody because I do a lot of collaborative work with people mm-hmm. and people I get off, often asked, aren't you afraid of them stealing your ideas or, they do the same thing. They're going to steal your client. It's like, no, we're, we're going to help more people. If we can come together, we can help more people. So I just love that you said that. I'm so grateful. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Thank you. I'm glad. Well, again, thank you so much for being here. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. 
to our listeners, we will see you again next week. And in the meantime, I wish for you amazingly creative days. Are you a daily journaler? Do you want more creativity in your day? We have two great creativity journals to start your day with. One for people who already have a journaling practice and one for people who are new to journaling. Both are an amazing way to start your day. Both make the perfect gift for a person in your life. Check out Have an Amazingly Creative Day and How Do I Have an Amazingly Creative Day? Both currently available on Amazon. Click the link below to purchase yours now.